Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all of football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss, the best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's game time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Welcome in, midweek hump day on a Wednesday, July 12, 2023. It's time for the Gabe Coon Show. I am your host, Gabe Coon, on Twitter at G underscore Coon. 71, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman. I am alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Coon Show. That'd be Connor Dunning on Twitter at cdunning929. Connor, what's the word, brother? What's up, man? You doing well? I'm doing all right. Very sore. The second day of sores <laughs> hits me like a bus. Yeah. I'm moving like Charles Barkley around here. This may be TMI, but where you sit down on the toilet and you have to grab the side rail. That type of soreness. Yeah, I know that. I know that all too well. I'm feeling muscles in my butt that I didn't know existed. Can I say it is brutally hot right now? Like I this is the the real I talked about PTSD from my days at Memphis having to run sprints. Yeah, I had real PTSD I walking got, out in that heat today. I got lucky yesterday the uh the mowing gods were kind to me and the it was only gods. it was only in the 80s. You had to mow the yard today? Yesterday. Yesterday. yesterday okay. To. Yeah, so that was I nice. was I was blessed. Yes, today would not have been a good day to do that. <laughs> no. That would not have been a good day. But we have three hours to talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. We'll start the show with overreaction and not an overreaction, as is customary on our Wednesday. Also, uh, plenty to get to um, on uh, elsewhere in general. We have Kyrie news. I guess that's always fun, or slightly fun, right? Kyrie signs with Anta. Chinese shoe company. <laughs> he's, there, he's back in the shoe game, brother. The jokes are almost too low-hanging of fruit there. Yes, and I'm, I don't know if I'll make them. I don't know if I'll make them today. We probably will. I think I'll stay. <laughs> I think I'll try to stay away from the most part. <laughs> For the most part, I'll stay away from them. Um, NBA implements their new uh, flopping rule, which we talked about last week. I, I'm not sure I am fully sold that that's going to be a overwhelming positive. We'll talk about that in just a moment. It's Big 12 Media Days. Uh, they're underway. Brett Yormark has has made some comments that we will discuss on the show. Um, as far as guests are concerned, Jeff Calkins from the Jeff Calkins Show and Daily Memphian at 5 o'clock. And 6 o'clock, because he wrote a, a story about DeAndre Williams, worth discussing. DeAndre Williams and his, his quest to get another year of eligibility. 
Um, looks like everything's going to be turned into the NCAA relatively soon. Jason Munns gave us an update, so we'll talk with Jason Munns at 6 o'clock from the CA uh, Tiger Basketball Beat Reporter. Among other things, he's covered the uh, Matt Reiser hire as well for Memphis Baseball uh, very well. And then the Blitz will be at 6.30. Um, DeAndre Hopkins now overwhelmingly favored to be a Titan next year, Connor. I think I've sort of explained my feelings on that. But he went from, on DraftKings, plus 500 to minus 300 overnight. Today he is minus 300 to be a Tennessee Titan. And I don't know when he'll sign. This has been a long saga. Um, but I think, I, I think ultimately Titans need a little bit of a win, right? Titan, we'll, we'll talk about that in the Blitz as well as uh, the Giants. They, uh, they have not reached a long-term deal with Saquon Barkley, and he is talking about sitting out a full year. Last person to set out a full year was Le'Veon Bell. So, yeah, I think you can grit your teeth on that one. That's a little, that's a little concerning. And uh, Lincoln Riley, by the way, just cannot stop posting his The man food. must be stopped. Last time, last time he posted his, uh, his, his food on a cutting board was Easter 2021, and it was that brisket that was just cooked to, oh, my gosh, it was incinerated. And he cut it into, like, little squares. This time he, he – uh, he cooked ah he he cooked tuna a tuna steak. The animals that die to feed him <laughs> die for no reason. <laughs> they, well, he gets sustenance. I'm sure he. I'm sure he eats it. I'm sure Disgusting. he eats what's. Eh, but I, I I don't trust him to cook anything. They, well, I don't know why he keeps posting. Never seen season in his life. Why 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 does he keep posting? Like that's that's probably my biggest <laughs> concern with him. Like he just knows he's going to get flame whether he cooks good food or not at this point. The brisket off top, the brisket in 2021 was bad enough that anything he posts now is just going to get – I mean, we're, we're reviewing it like we're food critics. Maybe he's got a thing about shaming. We never know. Yeah. We don't judge people. We need to get, Except we need, for his food. We need to get back to shaming people, don't we? <laughs> we need to shame people. Public shaming needs to come back. Yes. Yeah, so shame, shame. We'll, we'll get out, we'll get out uh, today at 6.50 with the rewind. Um, all-star game last night. Cool, you 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 got over top. NL wins. Finally, we're NL back on wins. a win streak. Yes, yes sir. Uh, the AL is still eighteen four and one since two thousand. Like I didn't even realize. I knew it was bad, but I didn't realize it was that bad. This is the first win by the NL since twenty twelve. They win three two. Craig Kimbrell finishes off a save after two walks after getting two outs. I wanted Julio Rodriguez to hit a bomb there. That would have been a hell of a story in front of the Seattle crowd. But he gets walked, and ultimately there's a strikeout to end. Um, couple thoughts off the top. The uniforms were awful. Just awful. The AL was fine. It made a little bit of sense. The NL, navy on black? Can we just go back to wearing our home uniforms? Like, why do we have to, why do, we have to do the on-site uniforms of wherever you're at in the world? Let's just go back to, if you're a Cardinal, wear a Cardinal uniform. If you're a Red Sox, wear a Red Sox uniform. 100% agree. Across all sports. But, I na- see but that. navy on black? It was a tough look. Isn't that isn't that a fashion faux pas? Do you do you know enough? I'm not sure I'm the guy. I don't to think ask. I don't think navy on black is very accepted by the fashion community. <laughs> I gotta be completely honest with you. Um, also, the in-game interviews, I'm not saying stop them because they're trying to add a little flair to <laughs> a game in a league that generally doesn't have the personalities uh, that that give you flair. But those in-game interviews show an insane lack of personality for the MLB. I mean, my gosh, I, I, Corbin Carroll and like, I mean, even Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts as teammates trying to talk in the first inning was not that fun. Julio Rodriguez didn't get to show much. 
those in-game interviews show that there's just no personality in the MLB. That's not, it's nothing new. Like the guys at the top of the game, like Shohei Otani needs an interpreter, and then you have Mike Trout who just does not like to be, I mean, he's, he's not a guy that has enough personality to sell consistently, but it is, it is, it's an p- epidemic, the lack of personality in the MLB. We need more. We need more. If they want to start selling and going into the future and they want to bring on those young fans, you need more personality. Now, you can't force players to have personality, but damn, they need something. They need a spark. Dale Cruz will, will save us. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, but that's on field. Most, I mean, I, I agree there's some flair and personality on the field. Ronald Acuna shows it. Even though he, he, he does need an interpreter, he's not a, he's, English is not his first language by any stretch of the imagination. But I, I guess on field is what's going to save them. But I, it was kind of just a boring like, – I don't know. I, I, like, I don't know. I, I always very much enjoy the MLB all-star festivities. But well, for some reason this year it just felt like kind of a mess. Well, no, I'm not it quite was sure fine. why. It was fine. It just I, didn't I, like, really I don't hit know if the consumers year. all that interested in all-star games as, as they once were. Um, what I will say about that the MLB all-star game and, and what, what we've done and what, what has been done over the years, I, you want to see more balls put in play and you want to see hits and runs and stolen bases. Like you said, juice the balls. You have, but on each side you have, what, 11 aces that come out to pitch per game. I mean, these are, these are top of the game. Like, it's hard. It, you're not going to get that many balls put in play when you have all of these guys throwing peak 100 miles an hour with movement. Like, you just have 11 aces on each side. Throw I, a fan I, out there. See what happens. I did, I did hatch an idea. Just go one inning where there's a, uh, where there's a uh, designated bad pitcher. So you get Jordan Lyles from the AL and Corbin, <laughs> uh, or not, uh, Patrick Corbin from the NL. Just one inning, bring out the worst, voted on worst pitcher in each league and see if they can get shelled for, for entertainment's sake. Or we could, or we could get out a, a position player to pitch for one inning so we can start. Alec Manoa is available. Grab him. See if he can. <laughs> is he available? Can, can he break up the. Is he, he available? I think he's still in rookie. He's still in low age. That's what I'm saying. Call him up. <laughs> Give him another shot just to get shelled again. Yeah. Okay. That would be fun. That'd be fun. But MLB All Star game ends with uh, Elias Diaz. As the uh, first in, in his first All Star game at bat at age thirty one, two run home run to put the NL up uh, three to two in the eighth, and he that that's a cool story. The fact that he won All Star game MVP in his first All Star game at thirty one that's it, cool. It was the and first he was the time, only, and he was the Rockies. He was the Rockies representative, and they uh, they don't have much to be hopeful of. It was the first time I think in All Star history where two guys with the same last name hit a home run. Oh, two Diaz home runs. Interesting, and also off the top. The Car- Cardinals Cardinals fans cannot escape just the the misses from John Mozeliak in this front office from the past. Adolis makes an insane catch um, to start the game. Randy Rosarena as well, and then Zach Gowan starts for the starts for the NL in the All Star game. It, Cardinals Cardinals fans, that first inning was very depressing to watch. Dude, I'm that. right there with you, man. There were a ton of ex former Red Sox out there that I was just like, son of a. What have we done? What have we done to my boy? Yeah, no need to get more depressed on that. It's time for overreaction, not an overreaction. Now, it's overreaction or not an overreaction. We are the wild and crazy guy. That's crazy. Chill, homie. On the Gabe Cujo from 92.9. All right, Gabe, first up. On the Grizzlies Summer League front, since the transition to Vegas, we haven't learned anything new. Overreaction or not an overreaction? Not an overreaction at all. 
we, we've learned all we really need to learn. Kenneth Lofton Jr. is going to be a summer league hero, um, and they're rolling along right now. Kenneth Lofton Jr. has 22, 9 for 11 from the field, 2 for 3 from 3, and 10 rebounds. So, yes, I think we know we know what Kenneth Lofton's going to be. Jake LaRavia and, and David Roddy have been relatively inconsistent, although, believe it or not, going into summer league, I thought that David Roddy would be the more consistent player. He has not been consistent. That's one thing we haven't quite discussed. David Roddy's fallen really flat in Summer League. Today, only 8 points, 0 for 4 from 3 in 23 minutes. Jake LaRavia, ever since that first game, has looked fine. He has 18 points today, 2 for 5 from 3. G.G. Jackson's fun. I feel like in the grand scheme of Grizzlies Summer League, we've sort of exhausted all the talking points. They're all the same ones every day we come in. Kenneth Lofton Jr. is great. Jake LaRavia and David Roddy need to show us more. G.G. Jackson's going to be fun in a year or two. That's, that's what it's become. And then, like, all the other – Jacob Jacob Gilliard, we we don't care about. Frankie Ferrari has a great name, but God, that, what, that's, what that's, where, name. that's where it stops. Uh, Tarek Bajberovic is real. I guess that's – we learned that. We learned that. Um, but, no, there, there's just – it's fallen flat, and there's not much to really discuss at this point out of Grizzlies Summer League. Um, we'll see how it continues to progress, what they can do. Can they go win a Summer League uh, title, yada, yada, yada. But – we are where we are, and uh, there's just there's not that many talking points to to continue to to throw out there. Ultimately, yeah, I wish Vince Williams was able to play the last few games because he's he's dealing with that strain that he but has we, right now. We, we kind of learned what he can be. He's in interesting. Salt Lake, he's interesting right? for sure. Yeah, he's an interesting guy for sure. But I agree with you. I don't know if we've really learned a ton that we didn't know before we got to Las Vegas. It's still a lot of fun to watch the Grizzlies play basketball. It's fun to see Kenny Lofton fill it up nine for eleven right now. That's absolutely cooking, but. Like you said, it's the same and the same ideas that we have. He's got to do the little things better. Yes. But I here's what I will say. I think that Kenny Lofton Jr. has shown that he has the ability to make improvements and to improve on these Absolutely. things. Because all of these little things that we've been talking about, specifically one thing that we talked about was his rebound. He's got 10 bounds right now. He's got 10 rebounds. So he's cleaning it up there. He's doing the dirty work. If he continues to do that, I think there is a place for Kenny now, Lofton Jr. in the NBA. I, I want to ask you a question about Now, David granted, Roddy. he does have seven turnovers today. I just well, uh, <laughs> yeah. we're, telling, we're, we're telling a story. Okay? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're telling a story here. here. We go. All right? All right. He's still plus 11. All he's right, still David 11. Roddy. What do you got on David Roddy? Do you think that part of David Roddy's quote-unquote struggles. He's had moments of looking very good, and he has helped close out some games, but do you think some of his struggles have been that he is not comfortable being the number one or number two guy? Well, yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's fair ultimately, but if you're going to be an NBA rotation player, and he showed that he could do it in the playoffs, he did it in the regular season last year, that's what you're going to be in Summer League. You're playing against not good competition. You have to go make sure that you show it's not good competition. He hadn't done that yet. He hadn't done that yet. I don't think we need to push any type of panic alarm. Again, it's Summer League. We always preface these conversations by saying no one Summer League is going to tell us who somebody is as a player in the NBA. But but he's got he should be dominating more. Like That was the thought process going in. Same with Jake LaRavia. I think Jake LaRavia has been better than David Roddy all said and done in Summer League, and that's not something I thought was going to be the case. Now, do I have crazy concern about David Roddy being a part of the rotation next year? No. I, I've seen it already in an NBA uniform, but it's just, it's strange. It's strange to see him struggle the way he has in summer league. I think there's enough there to unlock with him. Like he, he's, he's relatively steady and he's not asked to do a whole lot in, in the Grizzlies rotation with that second unit. 
Um, I, I think there is a point to be made. The, the one you're trying to make is the fact that he has to be the guy that, that goes and gets it, and he has to set up his teammates. That's not something I think he'll ever be doing at a high level in an NBA regular season or playoff game. So maybe that's part of the struggles, but it, it, it's strange. It is strange. Right. Like I, I agree with you. Even though that may not be the role he's comfortable with when you are an NBA rotation guy, especially a second-year guy that showed signs of having something last season, especially after you got playoff minutes, you should be performing at Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. And get a little bit higher of a level in Summer League than he is. Um, last thing on this before we move on. Gigi Jackson today, he is a Summer League god. Not that he's playing well, but he's one for nine <laughs> from the field and zero oh for seven from three. <laughs> Not that he's but he's putting well. his damn shots up, hey. and I love that. That's what you need from a young guy in summer league. He's gonna be electric in the G League. Yeah, he's gonna I, be I, electric. I, there's gonna be, but here's the thing with him. I feel like the consistency is gonna be at a at a low. Yeah, at a low, there. even in the G League. But that'll be fine. That'll be fine. He's again. Have, have we talked it's about time next year? He's gonna be nineteen. Like there's <laughs> he's nothing, so young. There's nothing to worry about. Have we ultimately. talked about how he's wearing forty five? For, for where he was picked. I kind of love that. Yeah. I don't know if we've actually like talked about that, but I don't that's a fun like that's cool. chip on the shoulder type of move. I I respect it. That's cool. But okay. <laughs> show me. Still show me. Fair enough. Next up, the NBA Board of Governors has approved two new gameplay changes for the 2023-24 season, but I want to put our focus on one. The in-game penalty for flops will result in a technical foul free throw. This is a good thing for officiating in the NBA. Overreaction or not an overreaction? Overreaction. Do we have a flopping issue in the NBA? Hell yeah. Like, no question about it. Uh, LeBron flying all over the floor, people falling on the ground. It could lead to injuries. It leads to unnecessary fouls along the way. It swings games in pivotal moments. I hate I hate the amount of flopping we do in the NBA, but this is what I'll say about the way it's been implemented in Summer League. We've talked about this already. It's way too much in the eye of the beholder. It reminds me of... The pass interference reviews we went through with the NFL, where even when you went to review, that ref could look at it, and there's the, the, the wording's not tight enough to tell you exactly what a flop is or isn't or what a pass interference is or isn't, right? So, like, I feel like it's just too much in the eye of the holder. And the other part of it that I have mentioned on the show is I think you're unteaching a lot of, of basketball. Like, these guys grew up in a 
situation where they were taught to take charges, taught to uh, sort of embellish the contact they get. I feel like you're unteaching a lot of what they were taught growing up that, that made them decent on the defensive end. And I think that'll be a struggle for guys uh, to, to move forward with. Um, the other rule, though, the, the, second, the second coach's challenge is great. But this, this flopping penalty, I think, in theory – it would make officiating in the NBA better, but I don't know if the practicality and the way we're actually going to enforce it is going to make officiating better. Because I, I again, I'll, I'll bring it back to the first uh, first time we saw it in summer league. Jake Laravia hit Jaden Shackelford right in the right in the face, and he may have embellished a tad bit, but they called him for a flop, and and the Grizzlies got a technical foul because of that, got a free throw because of that. When Jake Laravia hit him in the face, ultimately. I, I just it's gonna be it's gonna be too much, too much in the eye of the beholder, and it just stresses me out. It, it makes me feel worse almost about where we're heading with officiating, unless they can tighten up the wording on it and and make it clear what a flop is or isn't. As we discussed last week, the NBA has a real officiating issue. Last season was genuinely one of the worst officiated seasons I think that we've ever seen. It felt like every single game, the refs inserted themselves into the storyline, which is just not what is supposed to happen. And my issue is I feel like we need to fix the root problem before you try to add something like this on top of it. I can't remember which player tweeted it out yesterday, but it was one of them that was making fun of the fact that this is going to be left to a referee's discretion because it's going to be so wildly different from (laughs) game to game, from crew to crew, from person to person. You know, it's I'm I don't I don't see it working out well. You know what I mean? I feel like Again, that it's like, going to affect the game But we about this, too. I don't mind the effort to try to limit flopping. I agree with the effort. But the application, I'm not sure I fully agree with. I think you just need to, need to workshop this a little more before it affects Agreed. regular season and playoff games. Right. I, I don't think we've we've seen it in action enough. <laughs> like we've how, how many flopping calls have we even had in Summer League? I can only think of two at this moment. I feel like this should be I, held for the egregious flops that are so obvious that no one could miss them. It's But to your point, the first time we saw it implemented, they missed the call, yeah. and they were right there. It's not like one guy was looking at it, three refs And then you can it. review it, and they still— And they, they still, still were like, ah, yeah, it's oh, a man, flop. we missed it's it. It's a flop. Yeah, yeah we're like, going to well, stick with our original. As I said. Because in the end of the day, if they go to review it, it still it has to be— uh, uh, obvious. It has to be completely obvious that their call was wrong, and then they'd have to switch it. And I just, I, I, I don't want this affecting late game situations in the regular season in the, in the playoffs. But I see that it's going where to. This is headed. It's going to, brother. Get ready. Get ready. All right. Next up, in honor of Dennis Dodd's college football coach hot seat rankings, Ryan Silverfield was ranked a three on, which means start improving now on the hot seat ranking. So my question to you is: the Tiger football team. Will improve next season, overreaction or not an overreaction? Not an overreaction at all. And I think most of this has to do with the schedule. And you could depend, you could, we could define improving in different ways. Um, I think improving is winning more than six games. That's that's sort of where I'm at right now. <laughs> if you win more than six games, you will improve. And I think they're going to win eight, nine. I think that's there's potential for that. Um, but I, I, I look at what they tried to do this offseason. They brought in more size on the offensive line. They brought in more size on the defensive line. They're trying to get deeper on that side. They have a really good defensive backfield with a lot of guys with experience, Malik Feaster, Simeon Blair, uh, among a couple of them. 
Uh, you still have Greg Rubin in the fold there in the secondary. Uh, linebacking core, they bring in Chandler Martin from ETSU who had nearly 100 tackles last year. I think the defensive side of the ball is, weirdly enough, more progressed, and I feel more solid about the defensive side of the ball. But I do think that, that this team will improve headed into next year. You still have the questions of how has the O-line and the running game come together. That's been a consistent issue the past couple of years. Uh, you have to wonder about the wide receiver core, uh, one through four of their top receivers, Eddie Lewis, Caden Priest, going. you just keep going, uh, Javon Ivory, they're all out the door. You had to sort of clean the slate, bring in new guys, but they brought in guys with experience, Demir Blankumsey, um, Toski Dove. They, they bring in guys like that. I, I think they can pick up a little bit on offense. It, it really helps to have a veteran signal caller, a veteran quarterback like Seth Hennigan uh, in his third year. I think this team will be better, but we're going to have to see sort of how the season progresses because on the offensive side, I don't know if they have the depth to withstand a whole lot of injuries. Defensive side, I think they do, um, but a lot of things can happen. If Seth Hennigan goes down, you feel really uncomfortable about improvement. Um, but but I, I think with the roster they have put together, how they attack the transfer portal, um, the, the new coaching hirings, Larry Smith with the wide receivers I think was a good one. Jeff Myers with the O-line I think is a good one. There was a little bit of strife uh, with, you know, the past couple of years within the O-line room. Ryan Silverfield is an O-line guy. He brought in a guy that's young, that's impressionable, that he can get along with. I think that will help out the run game and the offensive line as a whole. I, I just think the moves they've made this offseason have bettered them. But again, it, it, with with where we've been the past two years, I don't blame people for saying let's wait and see. Right. It feels like a very pivotal season for Ryan Silverfield and his program because you know if you roll out six wins again, there's no way around it. It's going to be a very disappointing season, and I do think that discussions will have to be had. If he wins seven games, it, that's certainly an improvement. I think he's safe if he wins seven. If he wins eight, that's great. Um, I think the biggest thing that I want to see from the Tigers program is just stay aggressive. When you get those leads, yeah, don't, don't, don't take the foot off it, the gas. Right. Just try to bury these teams as fast as you possibly can because, I mean, it's just it's so heartbreaking. The amount of lost So many late-game losses, man. And, and it's, just, it's crushing. Here's the <laughs> other thing, too. Like, in the Ryan Silverfield era, there haven't been, like, like, when the Tigers lose, it's not this massive blowout. You could argue Tulane last year when they got down 35 nothing, They ended up coming back. They only lost by a touchdown, right? Um, you could argue that that was a, a, the, the, the makings of a blowout, but they, they fought back in the second half and made it happen. There has, been, there has not been a whole lot of big losses. I guess Mississippi State is the one I'd point to, but they meet, beat Mississippi State two years ago. Right. Right? So, like, there's just this give and take that's been frustrating. You see, okay, this team's on the precipice of being a nine, maybe even ten win team, but they blow late leads, they lose games close, they they lose to teams they shouldn't be losing to. It's a frustrating feeling. I get that, uh, but I think ultimately next year they're going to be in on 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 more solid footing, and I think that's a good thing. This may be an incorrect way to word this, but do you think that there may be a fear? within the fan base that you might waste a talent like Seth Hinnigan. If it's another middling season. Yeah, I think that's fair because I think he's a talented player. Right. I don't think he's had enough help. Like, And I think there's some people, even last year, that, tried to, that got to this point in the season where Seth may have made a couple of massive mistakes, pick sixes or otherwise, where you start to question him as a player. I have always been of the opinion, I don't think he gets enough, uh, enough help on the offensive side. 
even even last year, some of the the options he had to throw to were. I mean, they're six hundred yard guys a year. Eddie Lewis, Caden Priestcorn, they're not the thousand yard receivers like Anthony Miller or Calvin Austin, right? So that's troubling. And then for a guy like Seth Hennigan, if you have to drop back and pass 40, 50 times a game, that's a struggle. That's tough. You need a run game to support you, and he has not had that. But I've seen that turn a little bit from the fan base on Seth Hennigan. And, oh, is there other options? I don't think there's other options. He's a good quarterback. He just needs more help on that side of the ball. Yeah. And and I, I when it comes to Ryan Silverfield and job security, I don't think he should feel overly secure. But I do think if you get to seven, eight, even nine wins, you should not even be worried about it. Like, if you take a step in the right direction, you should feel good about it. And Ryan Silverfield is not the type of guy. Like, let's say it all goes bad. You're six and six. You have to fire a coach. You have to fire him, right? And you move, or five and seven. You have to fire him. You have to move on. Who's to say that next guy comes in? He doesn't have the same issues. And I do get the sense that he wants to make this thing work here. He wants to stay. He wants to keep this program stable, which you can't say about Mike Norvell and, and Coach Fuente. They're, it's largely been a stepping stone job. I don't know if Ryan Silverfield, especially at this point with all these, he's 21 and 16, he's, he's got some wins under his belt, but he has to prove himself again uh, to the college football coaching world. I don't, I don't see this as a stepping stone job for him at the given moment. He's got to go prove it right this second, and I think you'd, if he does improve, you'd have him for a few more years. Um, if it all goes right. But it's got to go right. It's got to go right for him. So we'll see what happens. I, and, and, like, what other jobs would be out there for the taking? For, for like, him? Yeah, if, if, he did, if he did perform at a high level. Like, I don't know what else is out there, but we'll see. We'll see. But that'll do it for overreaction, not an overreaction. Um, Kyrie. Kyrie's back in the shoe game. I'll tell you the details about, uh, about who he signed with. And what his role is going to be when we return on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Coon Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. Feel is their appointed duty. They keep trying to tell me here. Grizzlies fall in a summer league game versus the Clippers, 83-74. They're now 1-2 and two in Vegas. It's no fun. Jake LaRavia, though, 22 points, 6 for 15 from the field. Kenny Lofton, 24 points, 10 rebounds, 2 assists, 9 for 12 from the field. Now, if uh, if you're a diehard Grizzlies fan, and this may get you to go grab a glass of whiskey. I have the whiskey. I need you well to go done, grab Dave. it. Hell yes. You need to go grab some old Dominic Tennessee whiskey made right here in the heart, the heart of downtown Memphis, distilled, barreled, aged, and bottled in Memphis. First time that's been the case since Prohibition, so it's unto its own. It is Memphis whiskey, old Dominic Memphis whiskey. And the flavor profile is going to be great. Maple sugar, charcoal distilling, so it's going to be great to drink neat. You can put it on ice. You can mix it in your favorite cocktails. They have the stepped-up version, bottled in bond. They have the regular version, just... The black label, blue label is bottled in a bond. But what I have to point you in the direction of, because we're only one day away, it's releasing at noon tomorrow. Five-year-aged Old Dominic Single Barrel Tennessee Whiskey. I know I'm going to get my hands on a bottle. $80 plus tax. They're going to have limited supplies, so get there at noon if you want to get your hands on a bottle of that. 
but they're always trying new things. And if you're not a whiskey fan, go to OldDominic.com and check out all of their different products. They have the Hewling Station line. They have the, uh, the vodka. They have gin. They have anything for your liking. And you can get all their products available in Memphis, Arkansas, Mississippi, parts of Missouri. They're, they're, they're available everywhere. And your favorite liquor store, favorite locally owned restaurant, ask for it by name. Ask for Old Dominic and one of their great products. And their downtown distillery is state of the art. Go down there tomorrow to get your hands on that single barrel and learn what Old Dominic does that makes them so special. It's a beautiful place. You can stop in for a refreshing drink while exploring Memphis, finish up a night out in style. They have great cocktails at that bar. And you can book a tour and taste and go to olddominic.com to do that. I would suggest that. It's very, very fun. And it's perfect for hosting a special event. Wedding, wedding reception. You're going to have to go to that website again, olddominic.com, to check out what their event schedule is, but they can fit you in. Again, wedding, wedding reception, birthday party, going away party. Um, Also, Old Dominic's the official spirit of the Memphis Grizzlies. They have two bar locations at FedEx Forum. I'm sure you know of them in the club level. Go check those out. Uh, You can get a craft cocktail while you're enjoying a game. All those products will be available. Again, two bar locations for those craft cocktails at FedEx Forum, whether you're watching a comedian, whether you're seeing your favorite art. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Whether you're watching a game... Go tell them hi. Old Dom Distillery, come say hi. Now, um, moving on from that, Kyrie is back in the shoe game, Connor. Kyrie's back in the shoe game. Signs with Anta. Five-year deal. Five-year endorsement deal at Anta, which is a Chinese sportswear and apparel brand. This is interesting to me. This is very interesting to me. Some of the guys that they've had uh, in the past include uh, Chandler Parsons. Everyone's favorite, Chandler Parsons. Uh, Kevin Garnett. Um, right now, Alex Caruso, Kavon Looney, Clay Thompson, Gordon Hayward, Jacob Evans, Hamadou Diallo, Rajon Rondo. Luis Scola still has uh, a deal with them. Uh, Kyrie, of course. And then uh, James Wiseman. James Wiseman has a deal with Anta. But this is, this is the kicker here. We know how angry he was when it came down to Nike not giving him creative control over his shoe. And the reason he got dropped by Nike is because he said he hated the shoe that they dropped for him. He's the chief creative officer. He is For five years, he will be their chief creative officer. I think that's strange for Anta to, to get into that game with, with Kyrie Irving. Who knows how creative he'll get, uh, but he'll get what he wants. And he'll, he has the ability to recruit and sign players and other collaborators and the plan now is to potentially bring some manufacturing to the U.S., and with that, there's a plan to distribute in the U.S. So Kyrie ultimately, like, I, he held out for a long time, but he's gotten what he wanted. Yeah, for sure. You know, he, he got what he wanted holding out for this. He got his new deal with the Mavericks. He got his new shoe deal. Everything's looking up for him right now. It's The CCO is uh, extremely interesting. It reminds me of, like, Roman taking over a CCO <laughs> or something. It's like, this is going to be interesting. So Nike makes seven times the money. I think Darren Rovell, everybody's favorite Darren Rovell, put that out. But it doesn't matter for Kyrie. He gets he gets creative control over everything. And who else is he going to sign? I do think there's an interesting point to be made about him being able to sign some bigger-name guys with the name he has as, as chief creative. 
creative officer. Like, I wonder what kind of guys he can bring on and potentially get apparel with, shoes with. Yeah, I wonder if they're going to try to target mostly the new guys that are coming into the league rather than established players right now because it feels like all of the guys That's that, what you have that do, have right? a shoe deal probably, you know, no, like, <laughs> or should have one already Kevin Durant one. is not going to go sign with Anto when he gets released from Nike. Like, I don't I know. He that. can't quit Kyrie, so who, know, who knows? He might be able to get him over there, but no, he's not. He's not. You, you want to try to get somebody who's not as established who's coming into the league, and I I, I mean, that, that the list of names that you just read off is not bad at all. They got Clay Thompson's on there, right? Yeah. Here's my thing when it comes down to buying shoes. And, and this is what we've done with the NBA. Like, everybody thinks that, you know, shoes being bought is a representation of where the league is at with its personalities. You can't compare it to Michael Jordan. That's where everybody wants to compare it to. Jaws are selling really well. But, like, no one's going to buy Clay Thompson's Anta shoes. No. No one's buying them. Kevon Looney, definitely not. <laughs> I can't believe Kevon Looney. Has, Good for him, dude. As a shoe dealer. Kevon Looney, talk about an NBA career. That guy has made the absolute most of his opportunity. Good Hell for yeah. Him. Well, he, I mean, ultimately, he probably he could only be with one, one franchise to go make that happen, right? I mean, that dude's getting 30 rebounds a game. And setting screens like an OG. Role player. Definition. Yeah, but uh, Kyrie gets what he wants. I, 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 I wonder, though. They're trying to distribute in the U.S. I don't think people are actually going to latch on to it. I, I, unless, I mean, that apparel is going to have to be one of a kind, and I don't see that being the case. It is strange. I did, I did, somebody did make the joke about, you know, the Chinese, um, being, being that it's a Chinese company, that Clay Travis is going to put a hole through his keyboard trying to write a story about this. <laughs> he's not going to know which direction to go? Yeah, he's, yeah. not at well, all. Well, and that's why, like, the Anta, there have just been so many great Twitter dro- jokes based on that name and with Kyrie because of his history and all that kind of stuff. So it's been a, it's been a funny last uh, 24 hours or so on Twitter. Now, um, do we give an update on John Morant, the John Morant hearing today? I guess we sort of do. Yeah. I, I, I'm not smart enough to act like I know what's going to happen, but it looks like this is going to be dragged out pretty far. Even It's been a year already with the Joshua Holloway situation, but a judge ruled today that John Morant's lawyers can proceed for now with their argument that Morant was acting in self-defense when he punched Joshua Holloway, the stand-your-ground situation. So his lawyers are going to have a chance to argue this, but apparently, I, from what Mark has, has reported, Mark Giannato of uh, the CA and obviously uh, of, of Giannato and Jeffrey, it looks like October is sort of going to be the next iteration of people putting their facts out there. I, I just want it to go away, Connor. I think that's where most people are at. I think that's where you're at. Yes, that is where I am at. It is where I am is that it would be a very unfortunate thing for these people who are clearly doing a bit of a money grab to get said money, but it would put it in the past. It would close the book on it. We can move on. This thing being extended to October, it's just like, can we get one basketball team not in the courts, please? <laughs> or can we just not be waiting on hearings? I mean, the fact and that a check and all is, this stuff, the, the, like, it's ridiculous. Like, it's going to call into question the stand your ground law and, and yeah. self defense law. We're, we've gone from checked ball, checked ball and uh, basketball being thrown at John Moran's face and a punch being landed because of that. We've gone from that to questioning stand your ground and a self-defense law. The, the, the pettiness of how this has begun and where it's gotten to is just too much to handle. It is. And I, I, I want an end to it. And I think most people 
Um, I would imagine, you know, John Moran and his, his lawyers and everything else, how much he's probably paying in lawyer fees. He probably wants this thing to be over sooner rather than later. But he wants to, and no pun intended, stand his ground and not have to pay some type of settlement to Joshua Holloway. I get that as well. You don't want to admit guilt, even if it is a settlement, because I think ultimately in the public eye that's viewed as, as guilt in what you've done. Sure. I, I think that the fear would be, though, is that the longer this goes on, he may surpass whatever that settlement payment may have been with legal fees. You know, so it's like, which which is worth it? Which is worth it? Should you just go ahead and get it over with or, or figure this thing out? Because Well, but wasn't the original amount like $15 million, though? Like, wasn't the was original it? amount? It was something crazy. It was, it was an exorbitant amount of money. That, oh, that's that was too being, much. That's ridiculous. That was being asked If that's what it is, I take that. I don't know if it's 15 million. I thought it was Maybe like that's two. a little too much. I thought it was like $2 million. Well, to, but even that. Even that. That is still that's a lot insane. of money. That's insane. That's nuts. It's insane for I'm going to go to the park and try fight. to get punched in the face if I get $2 million. <laughs> I get you. I get you. Now, uh, it's first day of Big 12 Media Days, so Brett Yormark stepped up to the mic, um, the new Big 12 commissioner, and he was asked about the possibility of adding non-Power 5 schools. He said, if they create value and align good with our goals and values, that's a conversation that's worth having. Everybody is, especially in this city, is holding out hope that maybe the the meeting that was reported earlier in the summer did happen. People are hoping that, that Memphis is on the radar with that conversation about adding a non-Power 5 school, though. I am of the pretty strong opinion, and if you've been reading on this, reading reports, I feel like that's still UConn. That's sort of the start and end of that discussion, unfortunately. Memphis, of course, makes sense, and there's a lot of people trying to make up ridiculous reasons out there on social media about why Memphis is not in the discussion. People will bring up crime and everything else. I I don't know if that's necessarily the case. I think it's about market size and uh, do they view – um, in, in Power 5 conferences, the market is valuable enough to go after Memphis. Um, but I, I, don't think, I don't think Memphis is on the forefront in the slightest. The Big 12, in the end of the day, is staring down those, those Pac-12 schools. That's what they're doing at this moment. And I think realignment, and we talk about realignment and Power five, or a group of five teams jumping. We just saw UCF, BYU, Houston uh, do that, and Cincinnati do that. I think the, the immediate sense that I get on realignment is more conference consolidation than group of five jumping to power five. This is Colorado and Arizona and the four corner schools stepping over to the big 12. If that happens, then there probably won't be any more push to bring in group of five schools to spread out uh, the, the payout, the ultimate TV revenue payout. Um, but it feels like consolidation more than anything. Yeah, I, I agree with you, and that's why the the arguments about like crime and things like that being the reason Memphis isn't going to be in the Big Twelve, I think it, that's just totally ridiculous. When they, you look when you look at the schools that are already in the Big Twelve and the cities that they are, they in, just brought like, in Houston. Yeah, it's like you just brought in Houston, and hey, we all know what jersey Ricky was wearing. <laughs> we all know what jersey he was wearing. USC, yeah, but they, they, I guess the argument there would be UC, U, USC. Being in, basically placed in South Central, like the, the campus, they were already part of a Power Five conference before all this. My point is, it, it, I don't think it is a, uh, I don't think it's top of mind really when they're looking at it's about reasons. market, it's about, it's about market, market size and, and what Memphis, they think about Memphis the fan matches. base. Memphis matches, just unfortunately, they're not at the top of the list. See, uh, you say Memphis matches, but in their mind, I don't know if they view it through the lens because we're we're close to it. We see the the support that Memphis has in the city. I don't think they view it that way. I, don't, I, I think they look at the TV ratings and everything else and, and, and attendance, and, and it tells one story. But you always see when a Power 5 opponent comes into Simmons Bank Liberty State and when you see a good opponent come into to FedEx Forum, it packs out. The, the fan base in Memphis 
for the University of Memphis is severely underrated. I'll stand by that till the day I die. It's the truth of it. When the when there are when there's a good product to go watch against another good school, people show out. People do attach themselves to the University of Memphis. Yes, it's a melting pot with a lot of SEC schools, but right here in the heart of downtown, in East Memphis, some places out in Collierville, the surrounding suburbs. People will rally around the University of Memphis when the time comes, but that time has not come. Absolutely, but your biggest point that you said is that if you have Big 12 schools coming in to play Memphis, people are going to show up. They're going to show up for those games. I mean, people are showing up for for games right now. So you bring in a big name against the University of Memphis, I I guarantee you that people are going to be in that stadium. 100%. Again, I'm beating a dead horse when I bring this up, but in 2013, coming off a damn 4-8 season in, in football, there were 45,000 deep to watch Duke at the beginning of the year, in the summer, in the prime heat in Memphis. 45,000 to watch Duke versus Memphis. If you bring in Power 5 opponents, if you bring in, uh, quote-unquote, to the fan base, worthy opponents, people will show up. And fans will show that this, this fan base is, is severely underrated, like I've said. Um, also, Mike Gundy today, he spoke, Oklahoma State coach. This is, my, this is my favorite thing. He was asked about NIL and transfer portal. And his quote was, we have almost got to the point considering NIL and transfer portal like religion and politics. It's, politics. it's not even worth discussing anymore, end quote. First of all, it's, it's always worth discussing. We need different thoughts. We what? need people <laughs> to step forward and give their thoughts on this. Now, Mike Gundy's been there for a long time. He, he, he seems, even though that Oklahoma State has money, um, he seems a little more resistant than a lot of other coaches. But you're talking about religion and politics, brother. You wore an OAN shirt not too long ago. You were, you were being drugged through for telling, saying OAN told the truth. You, you have not, I mean, I'm not saying he has outwardly talked about who he's going to vote for for president, but politics and religion have never, he's never really avoided those, those conversations. He's, he's always been somewhat involved in, in, in that realm. And in NIL and, and transfer portal is not like that. If you don't like it, you can you can say it. People may get angry with you, but I, I I do believe the amount of reaction that we get to negative conversations about NIL and transfer portal is a little unfair to these coaches. I think these coaches have a right to feel how they feel about the new changing landscape of college football and college athletics as a whole. They have a right to feel a certain way. Sure, it's evolving. The only re- the only thing that very much bothers me when coaches speak on NIL and transfer portal and things like that is when they are annoyed by the money because I but, just, well when they, yes that is stupid when they try to say well they're making a hundred three hundred like the Eli Drinkwitz right. conversation we had earlier uh, in this in the spring when they were at SEC spring meetings talking about how they were making too much money they may be making more than my assistant coaches my 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 uh, my brother-in-law is a is a dentist or a, or a doctor he's a yeah, pedi- something like that yeah he said he's a doctor and he saves lives and we have some guys on the team making more that's stupid that's stupid if you provide a entertainment value and you provide what companies want you to provide for them you're allowed to make that money and i think coaches need to get over that i do agree with that sentiment but when it comes to you know, a guy like Pat Narduzzi being annoyed that Jordan Addison was taken away by USC last offseason because he was offered a house in the hills and millions right, of right, dollars. Right. I think he can feel a certain type of way about a guy he developed getting poached. For sure. I think that that's totally fair because, you know, a big part of these 
coaches, what they're trying to do is build a program, build a culture within that locker room. And if every single year it's a revolving doors of guys coming in, I can totally understand why that's frustration. I think that those arguments are very valid. It's just that's where, you know, we need to have it, those conversations without bringing up the money. And because also, the money's not going to go Also, the, the some of the discussion is based on who is – Delivering the message. That's also true. Right? Like if Nick Saban or Kirby Smart's talking about how unfair it is, it's like that you're full of it. If Ryan Silverfield's talking about how unfair it is to get all of his players poached when when money is on the table, I think there's 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 some relevance to that. And we should take it in stride instead of trying to drag them through the mud ultimately. Right. I think that there's a middle ground here. You know, I don't think it's a it's not a perfect system by any means. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. And I I, I don't I I, again, when it comes to where we're at, I don't know how toothpaste goes back in the tube. I don't know how, like, people have talked about guardrails for a long time. People have talked about trying to change uh, the landscape uh, based on what we've seen the first couple of years, NIL, one-time transfer. I don't know what you can do to to right the supposed evils that you see in your eyes. Like, it's just, it's, it's going to be tough going forward. But you're just going to have to embrace the tough. You're going to have to embrace it. You can't. You can't make excuses. You got to move forward with whatever is available to you. And I think there's some coaches that have done that well. Some coaches that have really struggled with it. That have really struggled with it. Now, um, need to go ahead and get to a break. When we get to that break, when we get out of that break, I should say, Jeff Calkins will join the show. Jeff Calkins show in the Daily Memphian. That's next. 92.9 FM, ESPN. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 